On today's episode of Relative Currency, you do want to vet um, any opportunities that are presented to you or that you identify. But in a time where everybody is fearful um, and anxious about the future, these are also times of great opportunity. And these are also times where new ideas and new approaches are going to come to fruition. Brother, sister, and cousin, we've been relatives for a while. We're chatting about financial things, we're doing it family style. Cryptocurrency, stocks, and loans, financial literacy. It'll be that and so much more on Relative Currency. Currency, fine-tuning financial literacy for the middle class. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the episode of Relative Currency. I'm Frank with Lisi and Treffin. We're so excited you can join us today. Again, thank you for listening. If you're a first-time subscriber, thank you so much for, for joining us. If you um, are joining us for the second or you know 20th time, we appreciate that as well. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, all other major podcast platforms. Give us a five-star rating. Uh, leave a comment about what you like about the show in the review as well. We appreciate that. So, you know, we're, um, tonight we're really excited to be here, as, as we always are. Um, but we have a really interesting topic. Uh, you know, we've been talking this last few episodes, we've been listening. I encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. We've been talking about the poverty mindset. And the last couple of episodes, we talked about what the definition of it is. And then we kind of talked about in a previous episode about kind of how uh, you know, scams and, and, and the mindset of being scammed. And, and tonight, you know, as we continue this series, uh, kind of in the, on the poverty mindset or mentality, so to speak, we are kind of discussing the future of economic uncertainty and what that means and what that looks like and what we should, we should be doing. I know everywhere you're looking on the news, whether it be whatever you watch, whether you watch Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, Bloomberg, Whatever you're watching, everybody's talking about all the things that are happening in the economy that could be causing you trouble. And we're going to kind of maybe tonight try to sort through some of the noise about what's real, what's not, and what you should be doing. So I'm going to bring in Alicia um, and, and just kind of to lead this off and then just really get into a, a good discussion on these different topics. Good evening, everybody. Great to be here. So. Uh, unless you've been asleep uh, for several months, you know that this year has been a, a rough ride for the economy, for the stock market. And um, sometimes it's looking like the best laid plans are going astray. So I, it inspired me to start thinking about what are some of the best moves to make in a time where it doesn't seem clear necessarily what the what the best next move is. Um, how should we be thinking strategically about our finances in a situation where we don't know what is going to allow our money to grow? We don't know where if we put our money into a, a certain asset class that's going to uh, rise or not. Um, you know, how should we be thinking about holding cash? Um, 
And so my approach uh, that I, that I wanna start out by saying is first look at your current employment status. Are you in a stable job, maybe employed or maybe a successful business owner? Um, or are you transitioning between jobs? Are you in a less secure job, a job that you think may not last? I would say that now is a good time to make sure that you do have a good cash position. Um, when we don't know what's going to happen, it's good to have some liquidity and some flexibility and some emergency reserve. So ideally, if you are gainfully and stably employed, you may have an adequate emergency reserve as well as a stash of cash to allow you to take advantage of opportunities as they reveal themselves. If you're not gainfully employed or um, in a job that you believe is stable, but you still have some earning power right now, I would also focus on saving and making sure that you have enough expenses, um, enough money to cover expenses for at least three to six months. And I think that with what we've seen over the past couple of years, I would argue that you could definitely revise that to six to 12 months. And some people would even say 12 to 18. But again, if you're at 12 to 18, you might then be able to hold on to a reserve to allow you to make some different investments um, as time goes on. The second thing that I would look at is what is your current uh, investment portfolio? And generally, this has been a time where everything has been down. Um, there have been some certain type of bonds like I-bonds um, that have done better in this current environment. But overall, everything has been down. So I would say that if you have been invested for some time and you're dealing with this current downturn, it's probably best to stay the course. I think that would be the prevailing wisdom, not to go wild changing the balance in your portfolio right now while things are down because the losses are only on paper right now. And uh, depending on how old you are, if you've seen some of the previous market downturns um, that were as dramatic and more dramatic than what we are seeing now, the market did eventually recover. So I would be patient and not make a lot of changes at this time. Uh, because I think that you're more likely to lose money by making a drastic rebalancing of your portfolio in a down market. Um, you should hold to the plan that you had, particularly if you are 10, 20, or more years away from retirement. Um, and the third thing that I would look at in this type of situation is, where is the opportunity? Um, I'll reference our previous episode about scams. You do want to vet um, any opportunities that are presented to you or that you identify. But in a time where everybody is fearful um, and anxious about the future, these are also times of great opportunity. And these are also times where new ideas 
and new approaches are going to come to fruition because they finally have opportunity when the giants are knocked off of their pedestals, so to speak. So I would be mindful of that and be observant to new opportunities, to uh, seeing what services, what products have uh, risen in popularity and now become something that you can't live without. Um, for example, as we looked at the rise of different uh, utilities and platforms during the pandemic, but yet even as the pandemic has eased, these technologies are here to stay. And if you were invested in them at the earlier um, point of their utilization, you would have seen some um, very considerable gains. So always keep an eye out because when there is crisis, there's also opportunity. Oh, that was that was good. I mean, I think that you know you made you made a lot of great points about looking at how much your money, like the job you're in, the investments you have, and also the rebalancing was a huge thing because a lot of times people will get into things where. You know, I actually have gotten called from, you know, money manager from my account and they're like, oh, hey, we want to manage money. I'm like, I'm looking at our portfolio. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do less miles and rebalance my portfolio when it's at the lowest point right now. Um, I would have rather, you know, do that when I was in the bull market and, you know, they have more stuff to throw around. And so I think it's important not, like you said, if you're not close to retirement to not be selling at losses if you don't have to. Certainly in, in, you know, retirement accounts and other tax advantaged accounts, you know, where it's just like, just let it ride. Um, that's very, very good. The only, 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 only um, reverse law add to the selling low is if you're, if you do move a portion of your assets low, don't buy something else that's up, buy something else. If you want to diversify, it's also maybe in a low place. So then you're not really losing, you know, your capital. You know, you don't want to try to get in. For example, if you're, if you were all in aggressive stocks, and you know equities and international stuff. You don't want to try to get in bonds right now because you're going to take a hit, and now you're going to be at the tail end of like bonds. You know, trying to get that. So it's like don't chase it. Um, you know, certainly. So I think that's great advice. I would suggest you guys go back and listen to that. I might go back to that. It was very good. And um, yeah. So Treffin, anything? Uh, yeah, I think it was great advice too. And I guess for me, I would just. Uh, look at it from the perspective of being here in China or maybe just anywhere in Asia. But um, I do always think it's a good idea for Americans when they're experiencing maybe some kind of so-called social economical issues to work abroad if they can. Um, yeah, being a teacher is the easiest thing to do if you ever want to do that. Uh, if you're not interested in teaching, there's engineering. You can become something like a digital nomad. There's um, a lot of other possibilities and things you can do. Um, China is experiencing similar issues, but there's still a lot of jobs here and uh, specifically a lot of jobs for foreign workers. Uh, one of the main reasons is because, uh, and I, I think that this is an added reason to, uh, I guess, uh, a lack of jobs in other places in the world, at least in the West, 
a lot of uh, foreigners have been leaving China and they've been leaving China because of how strict uh, their COVID policies still are right now. While the rest of the world is opened up, uh, China, their, their strict policies that were being praised for the openness and stuff are now kind of being looked at by some people, uh, especially Westerners, as uh, not worth it. They're, they're thinking, uh, no, I want to socialize. I want the world to go back to normal. I just want to get on with life. I want to get over COVID. Um, so a lot of them are going back to where they came from. And that means that they have a lot of experience and they're leaving China with a lot of experience and they're probably taking a lot of jobs wherever it is that they're going back to in you know, Europe or in the US or in Canada or whatever. Um, and that means that in China, they have more jobs and they're willing to offer you more also. So that's something to look out for, not just teachers, not just engineers. You've got uh, influencers are becoming things. Uh, they call them uh, TikTok anchors or TikTok hosts. They just need a salesperson. They have sales jobs. They have translation jobs. So, I mean, it's um, what I'm seeing and what I'm seeing just, uh, you know, I could look at one job website in English. I can look at another one in Chinese and show you at least 50 jobs where their qualifications are pretty low and the payment is something along the lines of five to 10,000 USD a month, which is pretty good. Um, and they don't really need a lot of experience, uh, but it also helps you get a lot of experience. I know other places in the rest of the world, places like uh, Vietnam, or if you want to call it uh, East Asian places, they have jobs, but the payment's not going to be as high as it would be in a place like Japan or Korea or China. But um, your cost of living will be really low and you get employment. Maybe you have some saved up. Maybe you want to go somewhere to I don't know, relax or maybe you want to go somewhere to start over to look at things. Uh, Vietnam is a really good place if you plan on moving there for the long run because it's a developing market. Vietnam has a lot of industries from China that are moving there. So a lot of factories are, are moving to China. So if you feel you want to start over or if you're in that phase when maybe you've lost your job, maybe you've been let go, uh, maybe you know your family is okay with leaving or maybe you, it's just you, uh, Vietnam is a really good place for you to kind of get some insight about where things are going in Asia and how things are changing. So maybe Vietnam's not the place, Maybe you decide you want to go somewhere else, but it's still extremely affordable to, to be there. And as far as investment stuff goes, a lot of people are investing in Vietnam right now. So if anything has dropped as far as uh, housing costs, as far as uh, property and stuff in Vietnam, now would be a really good time to start investing in it. But of course, do your own due diligence and uh, do your own research. Make sure that uh, you know what it is you're getting involved in and make sure that it's something that you want to be a part of because maybe Asia is not for you. Maybe you want to do Europe. Maybe you want to do Africa. Africa is another developing market. There are lots of countries in Africa that uh, you could potentially look at, but I don't have any expertise in there. I only um, know what I know from the people who maybe do a little bit of business and stuff there. So. Um, if uh, you can uproot yourself, then my advice would be, yeah, uproot yourself and uh, see the other opportunities that are out there in the world. Yeah, some more great advice. Again, that this is that was Treffin, um, that was Alicia previously, or on Relative Currency. Uh, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other major podcast 
platforms. Uh, one of the things that Treffin actually referenced was on an episode, I believe it was called one of, I think it was the first time we did the episode retire or die trying. I think he mentioned, he even talked about living in uh, some of these uh, Southeast Asian countries uh, with lower cost of living. So that's pretty cool. Um, and I think it's something that, you know, as we get older, people consider different things, different avenues. One of the things I also wanted to point out was Lisa kind of alluded to this, Alicia kind of alluded to this and says, you know, what is emerging now that people can't live without, that people have had, and it's now, it's like, you think about something like Zoom, like before the pandemic, it's like, man, this is, you know, such a valuable thing. Now you're looking at it. And I look at when the housing crisis hit in 2009, Bitcoin was invented as a deflationary thing because of that. That's 14 years ago. Now think about if we invested in Bitcoin from day one, right? And be able to hold on to it, uh, assuming we got not, you know, no, no risk or anything like that. Uh, when it was pennies on the dollar and you could mine hundreds of them. Um, I mean, you can think about just a 14 year shift of how much wealth you could have gotten. It, it, it Bitcoin's outperformed anything in the market in that time. So not unless they're looking for the next Bitcoin and crypto, but what's the next thing that's fighting the same problem Bitcoin was, because that's the thing. Bitcoin, the reason why it's been so successful is not because it's crypto or whatever. It's because it's an idea that resonates with people that says that here is a protocol that's trustless. It doesn't rely on anybody but the system to provide the function that it says it does. And it can't be reversed once it does something in motion. And it doesn't do anything nefarious because the actors who, who could be influenced to, to do bad are incentivized to do good and the amount of computing power to try to do a harmful transaction would be not worth it. So it's it, there. there's a lot there. Um, so just looking for what that is, it, it may not look anything like Bitcoin. So you're not, 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 don't go to CoinMarketCap and start scrolling, do, you know, like whatever this thing is, it might be something that you might say, oh, that's nothing. Because 14 years ago, people were like, Bitcoin, that's a joke. That's nothing. Some people are still saying that, but that there's always that. But just just be mindful of that. I think that's that's something that we have to be looking at as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's all I have. Um, I'll let you guys wrap up. Alicia Treffin. Uh, Treffin, is it true that it's the Chinese character that's always referenced when they say crisis equals danger plus opportunity? Uh, I've heard this before, but my reading in Chinese is not so great. Well, let's just pretend that that's true. I think that that's the way that we always have to, to look at these times is that um, whether or not that's the origin of, of that saying that somebody recognized that in those characters, I think that it's very apt to describe how you should approach um, these uncertain financial times and uh, keep yourself mentally prepared as well as financially prepared by keeping your financial house in order, staying the course and looking for new ideas and new uh, opportunities on the horizon. Amen to that. And Alicia, you are correct. That is, the, um, at least Google says that's the, the truth. That's, that's the two characters, uh, um, opportunity and crisis together, um, representing um, what, well, opportunity and danger becoming the word crisis. So you were correct. 
in that. Um, again, thank you guys for listening. I want to encourage you to um, listen to the show, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, all the major podcast platforms. Please give us a rating, five stars preferably. Feel free to leave a comment to select about the show. We'd appreciate that. Uh, again, we love you guys. We thank you for listening. For Alicia, for Treffin, I'm Frank. We'll see you guys very soon on another episode of Relative Currency. Thank you for listening to Relative Currency. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and other major podcast platforms.